0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa Know How.
2: Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. I'm Jake Litarski, alongside Eric Turi. You're out there on Twitter. Uh, give Eric a follow at etcat30. You can follow me at jakeski52. And a quick reminder, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave us a nice rating or review. It really helps us out and uh, really helps us help you. And and you know, all feedback is always appreciated. Eric, let's kick things off today with by far the biggest news of the day. Um, and probably I'd say biggest news of the week if it weren't for the Romo injury, but this head does have potential to be bigger here. And that is Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy two gloves for the Minnesota Vikings here suffers what appears to be a non-contact knee injury, but they canceled practice. You see, you're seeing teammates cussing and throwing helmets around. Basically, it doesn't look good.
3: Not at all. Uh, yeah, he was taken to a trauma center. The ambulance actually, an ambulance actually came to Winter Park in, uh um the Minneapolis area uh to take him to the hospital um yeah doesn't look good at all Sean Hill's next in line Joel Stave is uh you know was destined for the practice squad but probably not at this Mm -hmm. point unless they make a free agent addition which kind of seems likely Mm -hmm.
2: yeah before we start to go ahead and rampantly speculate on trades or other ridiculous options let's let's just start off by looking internally you've got Sean Hill at least he's got some NFL experience you got Joel Stave on the roster Former Wisconsin Badger, I, you know, you'll hear me say former Badger great all the time. But I, I can't in good heart call Joe Stave that.
3: None of us will uh, ever call him that. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, former Wisconsin Badger is about as good as we'll get here. I mean, he was just, the Badgers are always a run-first football team, and to their credit, they can never really recruit quarterbacks to Wisconsin. But Stave was, I mean, especially having to follow up guys like Russell Wilson a few years earlier, Stave was just a little bit indecisive. He had arm strength that he would show in flashes at times, but he would also show flashes of, what in the heck is this guy thinking right now when he's right. throwing the ball? And then, he, of course, he had that notable case of – of nobody could really explain it, but I guess he just had the yips is what people will call it, where he just – he couldn't throw the football anymore all of a sudden, and, and, and who knows what happened for that season. So, I mean, just after watching him at Wisconsin for the last – for a couple years, I, I'm sure he's a nice enough guy and all, but he's not an NFL quarterback.
3: Yeah, and you've – the The guy that was actually battling in the last few years for uh you know QB reps in Wisconsin was actually Tanner McAvoy. Mm-hmm. We've uh, <laughs> we've seen him have a or have a hail mary catch at the end of a preseason game already for Seattle. Exactly. But anyway, yeah. yeah let's like, do you think Sean Hill or Stave is actually gonna like be the main man here right off the bat? See, if it if it ends up being a serious knee injury,
2: if there's any offense or any offensive game scheme where a quarterback's probably not necessarily that important, that it would probably be Minnesota, just because we know they're going to give the ball to Adrian Peterson three times a game, essentially no matter what the game score is. They don't really have a choice. That's Mm -hmm. what they were doing on offense before. Now you start to look at some of the secondary fantasy options on that team. I mean, Stephon Diggs, there's always a little bit of fantasy value around for a team's number one wide receiver, and it looks like it's going to be Stephon Diggs. But anyone who's got Laquan Treadwell shares – has got to be a little bit concerned right now. You knew he wasn't going to contribute right off the bat, just being a rookie at all, despite the physical tools. But now there's some questions about if if Bridgewater's out for the year and they have just a terrible, inconsistent quarterback situation, that's not going to do Treadwell any fantasy value. And I'm thinking he's almost to the point where that stock will fall enough to keep him out of 12-team drafts.
3: For sure. So do you think, uh, I guess, Vikings officials, uh, I think his name is Jeff Diamond, like the president of uh, operations or whatever, Mm Um yeah. Anyway, do you think he's called uh say Denver or Cleveland to see, you know, if Mark Sanchez or Josh McCown is available?
2: Yeah, well the last hour in the Rotowire office here has essentially been just a wild game of... <laughs> Speculation. Let, let, let's throw out all the crappy names that the Vikings might be able to consider. And first we'll think about this logically, then, then we'll go off the rails a little bit before yep. returning. But thinking about this logically, uh, you mentioned, okay, calling Cleveland, RG3 is their starter, but Josh McCown has starting... He's a starting NFL quarterback. He has yeah. experience. He's not uh, someone you think would pencil in win a couple of playoffs games, but he's capable enough to keep a team in a game when they're matched up well enough. Yep. So McCown's an option, possibly backing up RG3. Uh, of course, Denver, they announced Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback. So again, you have Mark Sanchez, who skills-wise probably doesn't bring what they were looking for, but at least experience and and. Yeah, you, you know, capability, you know, pretty much an even, if not maybe slightly low war. We always say this in baseball, wins above replacement. These quarterbacks are negative war quarterbacks, essentially. Uh, but they're, they're close enough to zero that they're they're better than other options there. So, so yeah, there's McCown. There's Sanchez. They might call Brian Hoyer. E.J. Manuel is probably one of the better backups in the league, backing up Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. I don't know how to Geno Smith, them. maybe, in yeah, uh, New Gen- York. Geno Smith. So, there's actually... There's a decent amount of reasonable backups here. I mean,
3: I guess even like Mike Glennon in Tampa, Like, Mm -hmm. since they're uh, considering keeping three quarterbacks in Tampa, maybe uh, Mike Glennon might be on the market Mm -hmm. for them too.
2: So there's some viable options. Uh, also, don't forget, Colin Kaepernick, probably going to be out of a job pretty soon. Uh, Zach Mettenberger was released on uh, today, I believe. Yes, so, uh, yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, he, he, yep. The Titans made a wave of cuts. We'll get to that a little bit later in the news section. But So those guys, uh, you know, Kaepernick, Wait, probably uh, going to be available.
3: Mettenberger Met- was in uh, San Diego, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, San Diego. I always think Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was with Tennessee right. previously. Yeah, thank you for, for
2: <laughs> setting the, the record straight No, it's there. all right. And then, of course, before we walk in here, you hear people in the office Uh, you know Brett Favre or Peyton Manning. And what about Mike Vick? Is it time for a comeback? What, what, my favorite one that I heard is, hey, Dante Culpepper's 39. and He's, he's not 40 yet? He's the, same, <laughs> hey, he's the same age as Tom Brady, right? Yeah. So, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, well, Josh was like, Freeman. Exactly.
3: He was on an NFL team. He started in Week 17 last year.
2: Oh, I remember that. That was that was one of the worst showings on national TV that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. But I mean, heck, yeah, they signed Culpepper, might as well sign Randy Moss, too. And just, right. Just Why not? Just turn back the clock 10 years. Why not? So, yeah, we thought we'd have a little fun with you today before moving on to the rest of the news regardless of what the vikings do though i had him pegged as maybe an eight and eight maybe a wild card team now i think they're gonna have a real tough time getting to 500 i mean
3: oh no i w- i guess i was a lot higher in minnesota before this uh, injury happened like i i was expecting them to kind of challenge the pack with uh for the division in I- I th- the nfc north
2: i i think they out of all the other nfc north teams they were the closest threateners of the pack yeah but i didn't think that they were we're going to actually challenged the Packers to the point where they got within a couple games.
3: Granted, they do have a first place schedule since they did win the division last year, yeah. and Jordy's coming back. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. That 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 puts them behind the eight ball. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, just a little bit there, and uh, you know, I, I have Packer tickets to the Christmas Eve game on the twenty fourth, and that's against the Vikings. And I thought, oh, maybe they'll be playing for some playoff seeding or possibly a division title. that previously, that week. But, yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm not quite thinking that anymore. So uh, I'm curious to see what the over under win total on the on the Vikings goes according to Vegas. If only mm-hmm. we were out there right now to see that move in action. Mm-hmm. But we do got a couple more news items we want to hit on today. Uh, One is Devontae Parker. He's day-to-day with a hamstring injury, and that that injury forced an early exit from Monday's practice. To nobody's surprise, he's going to sit out Thursday's preseason finale. I mean, hamstring, that's kind of a scary word sometimes. We don't have a ton of details yet. But all of a sudden, I mean, Parker was a pretty trendy sleeper. Is this level of risk making you scale back on him a little bit more, or were you even on him on the first place given his his very high price?
3: That's the thing. Like, yeah, Adam Gase is now in – you know, the head coach in Miami, he's produced a uh, very um, effective wideouts in both Chicago and Denver in his last two stops. But I didn't really, I guess, see Devonte Parker having a breakout. But then when you're, the only draft I've had so far was the stake league auction for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, RotaWire in office. Exactly. And uh, he went for, Devonte Parker went for $24, the same price as Eric Decker and Dante Moncrief. Mm-hmm. I have by far, like those guys, much more than I mean. At least those guys have a track record. Yeah, like Devontae Parker as hasn't as done anything be,
2: yeah, yet. Yeah. So the thing with Parker, all right his his price has fallen considerably.
3: Sure. So For, you, since that point, correct?
2: Yeah, I been mean, since that point, right now we look at Devontae Parker. He's outside of the top hundred overall now. Thirty eight overall among wide receivers, and uh okay, so his. That seems oh, more yeah. like where so, he should be. Right, right now, in. he's between Josh Gordon and <laughs> and, and Stephon Diggs. Gordon's actually jumped up nine spots in the last seven days. Devontae Parker's fallen almost 30 spots in the last seven days. I mean, I think we're going to see a, a team here – with uh, a little bit, I mean, Rashard Matthews is going to be a big part. I'm sorry, I, I totally screwed that up. Jarvis Landry is going to be a Kenny big Stills. part of the offense. Kenny Stills has been having a good preseason. Then they don't have a de ton Carew. of depth. <laughs> yeah, They don't have a ton of depth behind them. Yeah, Carew, Griff Whalen, if you remember him from Indy days. But mm-hmm. they've got a pair of pretty solid backs with uh, even Kenyon Drake waiting in the wings. They've got Jordan Cameron, if he gets anything back. I mean, there's some weapons there, but Devontae <clears> Parker, definitely a player whose stock is on the decline heading into late season drafts here another player whose stock is on the decline for a uh, more serious injury re- related reason that's bruce El- ellington he was getting a lot of uh Sleeper hype as a PPR option, thinking, well, the 49ers got to throw the ball to somebody. Uh, Who's it going to be? Because Torrey Smith really was the only option ahead of him on the depth chart. But now we've got Bruce Ellington, who's already dealing with a sprained ankle, now has a hamstring injury. The Niners decided to just go ahead and throw him on IR. That makes Torrey Smith and Quentin Patton the next wide receivers in line there i mean is there can you rate your level of fantasy interest on, on any of these receiving options
3: well let's note first that when you land on the ir in preseason mm-hmm. it's not the you know all for the season ir yep. um so, what, so once eligible it, to return right? in, in advance of week one the 49ers will actually you know put him on irs that designated to return or the actual ir mm-hmm. meaning he would be out for the season on the former though He's only out until week 10, and then he can start. He can actually return to practice in advance at that point. So there is a chance that, you know, there will be some late season viability, but um, you would, I guess, put him on your watch list and uh, keep an eye on him. I guess when it comes to other wideouts, though, in San Francisco, I mean, Torrey Smith is the known entity, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to be a deep threat for them but I mean are you really interested in yeah. either him or Quentin Patton mm-hmm.
2: well the thing is is not not every quarter or not every team has two fantasy relevant wide receivers sure I feel like sometimes people slip into that trap or like all right. Well, the Falcons got Julio Jones. Maybe Aldrich Robinson will, be, will sneak up into there or something like that. You know, just kind of an sure. offbeat example. But <laughs> when 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 Blaine Gabbert's your likely starting quarterback at this point, he seems to be the front runner. When he's your starting quarterback, there's barely fantasy value for one wide receiver, let alone two. So I'm not yeah. I'm not changing my Quentin Patton status unless I'm in a 16 team league that drafts 20 <laughs> sure. rounds. And I'm not. Uh, I'm not really. Uh, you know. Bruce Ellington, if a first-round round receiver all of a sudden were to be in the same situation and go on IR, then you might still draft him in your later rounds and just wait 10 weeks, suck it up, and hope you get something from him later on. Sure. Bruce Ellington is someone that you got to sniff out on the waiver wire right around week 7, week 8, and then when he comes back, if the 49ers have any shades of halfway decent quarterback play, then maybe he's fantasy viable. But for now, he's someone that if you drafted him in just about any league and you have a fab, period picking up, I think it's safe to drop him.
3: Yeah, and in any case, like, the 49ers are going to be riding Carl aside. Granted, he gets out of the concussion protocol in the near future in week one and He seems to be making progress. We're not going to talk a
2: ton about that story until they get something more concrete, but he's headed in the right direction.
3: Yeah, but also in San Francisco, Sean Drawn. Is you know you know waiting in the wings in case Hyde does not play in week one. I mean that offense is going to be revolving on, around the run game, right?
2: Yeah, that, that's got to be the first and foremost, <laughs> like the biggest priority there. I'm just I've been worried about Carlos Hyde potentially being a bust. I know he has the skills, mm-hmm. but uh, we've talked about this, and I keep stressing this: Carlos Hyde has got to play the Cardinals twice, the Rams twice, and the Seahawks twice. That's like three of the best, probably three of the top ten defensive. Lines mm-hmm. in the entire league in that group. So that's yeah. just bad for Hyde to start out with. If he gets another concussion, knock on wood here, then he's looking at three, four games missed because he already had one in the preseason. I just, there's risk factors around everyone in this 49ers offense. I'm just not ready to pay a premium for any of those pieces.
3: Yeah, he definitely wouldn't want to have Carlos Hyde as your uh, um, number one running back especially with less than a thousand yards in the ledger as a as a professional
2: yeah exactly he's one of those high upside gamble picks and and might help you out in a daily gpp later in the year but for now um i think he's being drafted a little bit too high i guess we'll see only time will tell if i will get proven wrong here uh one other minor running back news bit here also comes from tennessee Where David Cobb, last year's a fifth round pick, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. he was released by the Titans. He was kind of a surprise cut. We're going to see a lot more of these surprise cuts happening over the next few days here as teams start to trim their roster. But I was scanning over Twitter and uh, RotoWire's own Darren Van Riper, or I'm sorry, Derek Van Riper, made an excellent point uh, a moment ago. He just tweeted this: "Where is David Cobb a better running back than anyone on the current Washington Redskins depth chart?
3: Are we talking about?" Um... You know, minus the injured guys, because I think yeah. Matt Jones is, yeah, I, okay, definitely better than uh, yeah. David Cobb. Yeah, that's fair. um, uh, but yeah, like when you're throwing him in the conversation with like uh, Chris Thompson, Keith Marshall. Um, you know, Rob Kelly, who we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see that. Like, why don't they take a stab? They, they have running back issues right now.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a perfect candidate for a potential landing spot for David Cobb. Because I remember at this point last year, we were talking about David Cobb as a potential guy who – if you go zero running backs and spend your last five picks on running back, maybe your last pick or two, David Cobb would be able to do some damage because you had a Titans team that I don't I don't think they had DeMarco. They didn't. Have I, they DeMarco had Bishop Sankey year. and Antonio Andrews. Yeah. yeah, everyone was all over Bishop Sankey and Drafts. We saw how well that went. Yeah, but. Uh, but, yeah, so David Cobb, we thought, is a potential sleeper who could, you know, work his way up now. And now he's being released, But you got to wonder behind the motives there.
3: I mean, it was just like the, the offseason additions of DeMarco Murray and, uh, you know, Derrick Henry was going to put somebody's job in, in jeopardy in, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. And I'm not really surprised it's him because yeah. Antonio Andrews at least showed effectiveness. Yeah, yeah.
2: I remember we were missing some red zone stats for some of our players and I was plunking around with a spreadsheet just because their stats feed wasn't complete and I was looking through Antonio Andrews, some of the game logs where he played. Yeah. Yeah played well enough anyway. yeah i mean he was their leading rusher yeah, last year yeah, oh, at least there's <laughs> enough of a sample size there to uh to i guess warn him above in the pecking order that being yeah. said david cobb's gonna make a roster somewhere i don't think he'll be el- or delegated to the practice squad wherever he lands up here well that, that'll do it for today's big news we want to get started on a little bit of a dynasty keeper type league topic here we were kind of discussion discussing what topics we wanted to do for the show and I mentioned, hey, guess what? In this keeper league, one of the better fantasy football moves I can rem- I remember making in recent memory was I got David Johnson for two bucks at the end of the auction. Thinking, yeah, I mean, I know they have Andre Ellington, and he's getting all the hype this year. They, I don't know if they had quite signed Chris Johnson yeah. at the time of the draft oh, yet. He was an at early, the time of your draft, yeah, okay. well, like at the time of last year's draft. When I'm did talking, you draft? Yeah, uh, it you was call. it was like a month before the season, maybe a yeah, little less than a he, month. He joined around season. like he,
3: the fifteenth or seventeenth of August yeah, last year. Exactly.
2: So. so he wasn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, Anyway, I, I like David Johnson. Just like his skill set, watching him in college, thinking he had the tools to be an NFL running yeah. back, but knowing Bruce Arians wouldn't give him the opportunity yet. But there was potential for him to grow into it. So that got us thinking. Now uh, David Johnson, of course, I got him as a two dollar player in auction. <clears throat> now RotoWire hasn't valued in, in a PPR league due to the shallow position. We've got him valued around fifty seven in a PPR. That's a that's a twelve team two hundred dollar budget. Of course, that changes a lot. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to go position by position a little bit. We're not going to get too in-depth with uh, too many of these guys. I mean, our our last show last week, we talked about who to target late if you do a zero running back strategy, and some of these names are repeats. Mm -hmm. But we're going to try to identify for Keeper Dynasty League specifically who might – I mean, it's going to be near impossible to identify next year's David Johnson, but we're sure as hell going to go ahead and give it a try (laughs) and uh, and try to find a couple $1 or $2 players or late-round draft picks at uh, each position maybe that could be keepable in a dynasty format. Now, the league I kept kept David Johnson and I could only keep two keepers, and that's what you would define a keeper format usually where you only get to keep one, two, maybe three guys. A dynasty format is where you carry over almost your entire roster, so you can keep maybe 8 to 10 guys uh per 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 year. So, that's especially when you're going to be targeting these young players early on and uh I think these players will apply to either of them. So, let's run down a couple quarterbacks here. I want to start off with uh of course the real obvious one is Dak Prescott. 17 for 23 for 116 yards and a touchdown in his last preseason game against Seattle. We have Tony Romo, um, you know, potentially he's going to miss through at least week 7, I believe the report was today. Yeah, uh, yeah he's going to be out a while and the thing, the thing with Prescott is you're not going to be able to get get him at the price that he was at before because it was assumed Tony Romo would be the starting quarter. Now that Romo's about to miss the first seven weeks of the season here, we have a ascension of Dak Prescott. He all of a sudden is up to 19 overall <clears throat> in ESPN drafts here. His spots jumped almost 50 spots on average here. So he's someone that is all of a sudden going to be taken as a potentially a QB1 or a late sleeper for some teams. Sure, but yeah. if you get him for a buck or two, which I don't know if that's possible in, in, anymore— but there might be some dynasty value in there just because how many more years does Romo have? If you're in a dynasty league and can stash a few quarterbacks, I mean, there's, there's a chance Prescott has some long-term value, right? Yeah, and it,
3: if you already took him in a dynasty league, I mean, you're going to see immediately like a huge sample size of what he can actually do as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Dallas is playing a you know lesser schedule as well, so... It, I mean, he's actually going to be going against some enticing opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's showing vo- viability as both a passer and a rusher. He has five touchdown passes and two rushing touchdowns already, averaging seven and a half yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really, this is good news for Dak <laughs> Prescott. I mean, he, he, you're gonna you're gonna see like a nice. I think, balanced uh, attack in Dallas.
2: Yeah, if you took Prescott in the in the really early part, or I'm sorry, the late part of the draft, mm-hmm. and you, I would almost be comfortable trading away your your Drew Brees or, or your Lux to see if you can get a big return sure. and then just trying to roll the dice on Prescott. I, yeah. I don't know, it's just a few preseason games, but he's demonstrated the tools, and he certainly has the weapons. Yeah. So there's no doubt about that here. Another $1 quarterback that uh, is still probably hardly going to be taken in 12-teamers, that's Trevor Simeon, a young guy out of Northwestern, <laughs> We know he's smart. At least we give him that from, yeah. from Northwestern, and uh, so he has to be right. Yeah, he has to be. So he's going <laughs> to learn. He's going to learn the game very well. I can imagine some sort of almost. I don't want to say Peyton Manning, but a very. Uh, when I think of dedication to film and understanding the game, I think of Peyton Manning. And uh, we saw John Elway and Peyton Manning do this in Denver. I think uh, Simeon probably has a good idea of how to do things, quote unquote, the right way. And he uh, we'll I, see, but can you yeah. develop?
3: And he, I mean, okay, so he did have one year working under Peyton Manning. He was basically the scout team quarterback last year with, you know, Manning and Osweiler as the one and two. Um, He's not going to make mistakes, even though he has thrown two interceptions in the preseason. That's the reason he got this job is because um, Gary Kubiak, the coach, trusts him to actually make no mistakes. But when it comes to fantasy value, I'm not totally interested. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, does that, like, not – Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders down in your mind? Like
2: maybe Sanders a little bit I don't think it knocks Thomas down because, because he's almost like DeAndre Hopkins. He's right. quarterback proof. I'll give I'll give Thomas the pass on that. I think that's actually knock thomas's value down enough to make me want to consider drafting him at the price where he's at
3: yeah and he did get to work with uh tim tebow for a season back in the day so and he still put up uh, a decent stat line never
2: forget (laughs) trying out for baseball teams today tim tebow here yeah verdict on simeon yeah he's going to be a starter maybe there's some viability in two quarterback leagues but just based on his skill set and the broncos game plan for him not a whole lot of fantasy value to be found there the one denver player that i think will have some long-term dynasty value who i was upset because i lost out on i i spent my last two bucks on him I put him up for two bucks at auction someone decided oh he's bidding on him so I'm gonna give him a shot too and swipe him for three anyway that's Devante mm-hmm. Booker Man. of the Broncos now preseason's been a little hit or miss under three yards of carry that's not necessarily what you want to see but I personally think Devante Booker has the the build and the long-term skills to be a productive running back in this league for a couple of seasons are you with me
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. And when it comes to the Denver running back situation, it always seemingly is the, you know, guy that's second in the pecking order that actually ends up having the best fantasy season. Mm -hmm. Ronnie Hillman entered last year as the number one. C.J. Anderson ended up being the number one um, eventually um, and actually being by far the best running back, you know, basically feeling their title run uh, yeah. along with the defense in Denver. Mm-hmm. He had a slow start, but he, he but eventually yeah, came on. But when it comes to Booker, yeah, like take throw the dart and see if it works out.
2: Yeah, but the way this offense is run here, there, two, two running backs are going to get carries. We saw some series with Anderson, some series with Hillman last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, say Devontae Booker gets his chance, and what if he excels? Then all of a sudden you have a solid running back. I think mm-hmm. Devontae Booker might be one of the closest players to – having that uh david johnson potential you know i said we're trying sure. to find the david johnson what yeah. if Devonte booker is able to separate himself and get that job in a team that's defensive base so they're going to be run first with a young and inexperienced quarterback even more incentive to be run first and cj anderson he's been good over the past few seasons he's had shades of excellent fantasy value mm-hmm. i don't know if he's the second round pick that he's being drafted at right now but uh there is some utility there, but if Booker can eventually set himself apart or there is any sort of injury, all of a sudden Booker could finish this season. His last six games or, or so could be amazing, and if you get him for $2, 3 $4 at auction, and, he's a perfect dynasty keeper. And the,
3: yeah, yeah, exactly, dynasty keeper. That's the thing if you spend you know, two or three dollars in, say, a 12 or 14 team league right now, I mean, you might be tempted to, you know, cut loose and, you know, pick up somebody, say, in week three when it's... Or week four when uh, you know bye weeks ramp up and you need to actually make a roster move.
2: Yeah, exactly. You have to be patient, in those type of leagues have <laughs> you, some deep rosters. There, I
3: definitely had David Johnson last year. You know, in certain leagues, and ended up dropping him because I just had to make moves. I only had five bench spots. Yeah, and took, then took he a ended, while, too. Yeah, and then you know week eleven rolls around, and both Chris Johnson, and Andre Ellington get injured. Now he's number one,
2: <laughs> and he tore the Packers up pretty bad in their regular season. one yeah. last year. Yep. Uh, it wasn't the regular season match. It wasn't nearly. Is close as the playoff one but uh, another running back that I seem to be liking a lot or I'm warming up to a lot is uh, DeAndre Washington from the Raiders a young guy currently sits behind Latavius Murray on the depth chart of uh, course and that's understandable of course Murray getting a lot of second and third round love in fantasy drafts this year but you got rookie DeAndre Washington he's 23 carried the ball eight times for 55 yards and then also caught a six yard uh touchdown pass, then again lost a fumble that was returned to a touchdown. Uh, you know, just when you think you're building momentum, something <laughs> like that happens. That being said, uh, it's not just because maybe I question Latavius Murray here and there where he's being drafted, but DeAndre Washington, a uh I mean, he's a he's five eight, two oh four, so kind of a little a smaller guy out of Texas Tech. There's still some potential there, right, for dynasty. He's someone that you might actually be able to get away with purchasing for a buck.
3: Oh yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. I just think Latavius Murray is basically going to have to underperform or suffer an injury for him to actually, mm-hmm. you know, land that number one job. I think he, I think Murray is clear or is clear cut number one, of course. Yeah, but no yeah, like, um, why not take the stab? and mm-hmm. see if it works out
2: yeah that's what it's all about <laughs> i mean uh with, with these type of late round uh, i mean players you, here.
3: you got you can't really deny like five yards per carry in preseason uh, we mm-hmm. if you look at back in in the past um you know usually the f- top five or ten actually um in preseason stats at the end of the preseason um Are you, th- or th- or those guys actually guys like end up Um, coming to the top and making an appearance. Thomas Rawls comes to mind from last season. Like He was a top five running back last year in the preseason. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, We'll see another guy get there in a little bit hopefully, but first, Mm -hmm. nobody ever gets in their car thinking, I'm drunk, I'm driving, and I might take a life tonight. They might think, I've had a few drinks, but I'm okay, or I only live a few minutes from here, that's fine, or I've gotten away with this loads of times before. They think that right up until the moment that they take a life. Thousands of people are killed in drunk driving crashes every year. It's better to be safe than sorry. To help you do that, you can download the Free Safe Ride app to help you call a taxi or send a friend your location when you've been drinking. Remember to drive sober or get pulled over. Eric, now it's time for our safe sleeper's pick sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Many of us, like myself, will be down in some beers at our fantasy drafts, which leads to bad decisions in the later rounds or worse decisions getting behind the wheel after the draft. So that leads us in to today's safe sleeper pick and that is Rob Kelly of the Washington Redskins. You want to uh kind of explain the Keith Marshall situation first and and why he might be a sleeper pick for the uh for late drafts?
3: Well, yeah. So Keith Marshall actually has already landed on IR. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's, you know, out for the season. It's mm-hmm. just that his elbow injury is serious enough that the Redskins do not believe that he's gonna be, you know, available for many weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, with Matt Jones also tending to a second degree AC joint sprain. And then also Chris Thompson dealing with knee and shoulder injuries. There, there's an opportunity that the number one job in um, Washington will actually be uh, available in week one. And yep. the guy who's actually impressed in the preseason is Rob Kelly.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now, Matt Jones, health is a factor. Chris Thompson, even if healthy, I've always thought of him as more of a third-round back. I got some shares of him in some drafts just because I didn't know who the heck <clears throat> Rob Kelly or Keith Marshall were at the time, and I just kind of right. get Getting the next guy, and they were PPR format, so I figured third down, will get something there. Uh, so Chris Thompson was there. But as far as first and second down running backs, yeah, Rob Kelly is a chance to get you. Uh, I think Rob Kelly is a good player if you get uh, Le'Veon Bell, for example, and mm-hmm. need a fill-in for weeks one through three while Le'Veon. Sure. Sure. Bell is suspended I think you could pick Rob Kelly up there, and by the time that's all said and done, you might be able to just go ahead you could you go ahead and release him because Leviant Bell's coming back in your lineup. And then by then, I mean Matt Jones might be healthy, so the utility of Kelly might be gone. But a, a early season fill in, I think you could do a lot worse than a guy like Kelly.
3: Yeah, and Kel- Kelly's more so gonna be a rusher than a pass catcher. He mm-hmm. so far in the preseason, twenty two carries, ninety nine yards, four and a half yards per carry, one touchdown. Um, only three receptions, which, you know, in a small sample size means that he might be a, um, somewhat of a viable pass catcher. But I think if Chris Thompson is healthy in week one, it, he'll have that role. Rob Kelly will then be the number one back.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you right there. Uh, sticking with Washington, though, kind of as we start to switch this uh, conversation to receivers. Sure. First off, I mean everyone knows about Corey Coleman. He's kind of a nine ten dollar player in a two hundred dollar budget. tajay Sharp. He's picked up enough momentum that he hardly fits into this discussion anymore. He's going right. to be the number two wide receiver. And being you know as young as he is, he's always a dynasty candidate. But one other guy I want to talk about from Washington is Josh Doxson. He was one of the first receivers taken in the draft. I of TCU, but he's getting overlooked a lot because they've got Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon on that team, not to mention a guy like Jordan Cameron at the tight end position here. So an offense loaded with weapons. I like Josh Doxson, not someone as I can draft this year and depend on, but someone who I can keep on my roster in a dynasty format for a low price and watch as he finally starts to carve out a more prominent role over the likes of Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson, two players that maybe are are getting a little bit older and the speed might not be quite what it once was.
3: Yeah, indeed. It it just kind of sucks for lack of a better term that he hasn't actually been been able to perform in the preseason so far since he's dealing with that Achilles injury and resides in the pup list
2: remember who else wasn't able to perform in the preseason during his rookie year yeah due to a hamstring injury (laughs) yeah right exactly on the same page there because that's how that works right right but uh no a player that we definitely want to consider another guy like that who I do have some shares of is uh Tyler Boyd who's actually gotten some action in the preseason. And he's
3: been incredibly impressive, you know, getting those sideline catches. He hasn't actually been as explosive as i thought he would be but mm-hmm. you know maybe...
2: he's a guy that's going to move the chains for cincinnati sure, so exactly. if aj green finds himself in a tough spot at any point uh which i mean we almost thought he did for a second after he banged knees with uh i forget forget who it was uh
3: one of the Jacksonville d-backs yeah i think it was nabon actually
2: it was a yeah. former packer that's why i was want to say it. it's on the tip of my tongue but uh, yeah. anyway but yeah they banged but, knees but he's fine
3: you're right like and so. and aj green's going to be drawing all that attention so mm-hmm. somebody's actually and with tyler eifert out for the first few weeks of the the season Tyler Croft also dealing with a knee injury, yeah. So, yeah, got to catch the passes exactly, and I think that could be outside Boyd. of Giovanni Bernard, of course.
2: <laughs> Early in the season, I was willing to pay up to four dollars for Tyler Boyd at auction or two dollars in a $100 budget. I mm-hmm. think that that holds firm still for me. I thought I no, went a you. little bit because I snatched him from a couple guys who are also bidding, but I think he's a good pick. And I mean, anything five dollars or under is a very good keeper price for Indeed. Boyd. What about Houston, though? We go okay, we have this conversation, we're not all. Uh, football teams have a wide receiver to that's fantasy relevant. And we all know about DeAndre Hopkins and how he's quarterback proof and uh, how he's going to be the number one guy there. But then you've got a real speedy Will Fuller behind him on the depth chart followed by Braxton Miller. Are either of these guys $1 flyers for you? I,
3: I would say with uh, how impressive Will Fuller was on Sunday against Arizona, I would say, yeah, I would, I would take a flyer on him for sure. Yeah. I, Braxton Miller. I, th- I I think when it comes to Braxton Miller though, he just, he hasn't played the position long enough. I think it's gonna take a bit longer for him to actually be effective.
2: Yeah, maybe he'll eventually get in a Terrell prior territory yeah. this season here. Another guy I wanna mention, Philip Dorset. Now he's someone who's who's young, still developing and is also blocked on the depth chart by T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief, which is why I think he fits into this discussion perfectly. I took him, he was a player, you know, that same league that I got David Johnson for $2 yeah. in? I paid $2 for Philip Dorsett this year. Nice. And chances are I won't be keeping him next year because I'll be able to keep Johnson for another year at 2 bucks. The price doesn't go up, which I think is awesome. And is
3: it one a one-keeper league? You it, only get one keeper? Two keepers. So two, I'll probably okay.
2: continue to keep Odell Beckham at $52 nice. just oh, because yeah, uh, sure. with inflation accounted for, I think <laughs> Beckham is would go. For more than fifty-two in mm-hmm. auction. so uh, see, so yeah, Beckham and Johnson are keepers locked in there. Unless something were to happen to yeah, Beckham here, I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Dorsett for two bucks, I think that that would at least he would be someone I could trade to a team who uh, needs a good keeper for next year that uh, could give me some pieces that might help me win the league this year. So yeah, that's and, and the, my mindset, uh,
3: yeah, and especially with Andrew Luck back and the fact that they're going to run uh, three wide sets on most downs um, makes me like him even more.
2: Yeah, exactly, and the other th- uh, uh, one, other receiver I want to bring up, who I think is uh, you can can be bought at a really cheap price, quick. And the question since he entered the league has always been his health, but I think once he's healthy, he could be a, a decent force in PPR formats, and that's Marquise Lee of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, those guys get all the hype and rightfully so, but I think if we get a healthy Lee that can work his way into the screen game, there's some PPR potential there, and I'm starting to see him maybe gain a little bit of steam as a late-round option, especially as he starts to get more practice time under his belt.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess I was pretty high on Alan Hearns coming into the season, but now I'm, now that I think about it a little bit, like – was that a little fool's goal last year do you think he's actually going to be you know a thousand yard receiver with 10 touchdowns again th- he like he could
2: be a thousand yard receiver i just don't think the 10 touchdowns are going to yeah. happen especially with uh julius thomas maybe getting healthier oh yeah and other sure. options there so yeah I, I, a thousand he, yard receiver is a lot more likely than 10 touchdowns yeah and
3: he yeah and lee's actually looked uh, fairly good in the preseason as well finally that he finally that he's healthy yeah
2: <laughs> all right two young tight ends i want to talk about only one rookie uh, really stands out to me that's uh tyler or Higby of the Rams, uh, I think. Uh, I mean, Lance Kendricks is number one on the depth chart based on experience, but very rarely you're going to find dollar tight ends, and even in dynasty leagues, it's a little risky to go after mm-hmm. them. But I mean, is, does someone like Higby have a chance to? Probably not this season. I'm not really looking for it this season, especially with the quarterback situation that'll eventually switch to Garrett, Jared Goff. But he's maybe someone you want to consider. The other guy I like even more. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I feel like people are forgetting about him. He was healthy last year for the first week, had a huge week one. I threw out a ton of fab money on him, and then he got hurt again. But I think with Mm -hmm. Jameis Winston coming forward and other weapons on that offense to distract attention from him, I think Safarian Jenkins could be a steal if you get him in the later rounds of drafts.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and ever since uh, he got kicked out of – practice in uh june you know did you hear about that in otas he got kicked out of a practice Yeah, I and then remember that, yeah. and then ever since that point cameron braid has been the listed number one uh tight end in tampa bay mm-hmm. ever since that point uh severian jenkins has actually been like a model citizen and working his butt off to actually get back to the you know presumed yeah. role the role that we expect him to have as mm-hmm. the starter um yeah just uh another year with uh or a second year with a. Uh, mm-hmm um Jameis winston for sure exactly like I mean, will actually and also like who who does he have to throw to aside from you know mike evans and charles sims
2: mm-hmm. yeah, i guess there's some vincent jackson i know there's well vincent there. jackson there but I, i'm just not th- thinking name. about
3: the age you know 34 yeah, 35 at name. this point
2: yeah well safarian well, jenkins 23 so he's a perfect keeper candidate Six five two sixty. 260 he can get down the field we saw it last yeah. year so that's something else that you want to consider uh, well, hey, that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. Once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52.
3: And over here, I'm Eric Kateri, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30.
2: The RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with college football gurus John McKechnie and Mario Puig.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?